You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Uh, Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And I am with Jordash. We are back having a conversation. We're going to talk a little news, talk a little bit about like overall market um you know it's been a lot of fun having these chats with you uh, and i know both of us kind of not only got a little busy but uh let's face it the space got a little swirly um which you know like at some points you're like you know yeah we probably hit bottom but like we haven't hit bottom of just chaos right so i right. think we have a little bit of chaos conversation uh but jordan has everything going on in your world man i can't complain i think you're 100 right i feel like february was just it was kind of a crazy month in february and and that's what they get for giving us only 28 days in a right, month. Like, right. it, it, it turns into like 28 de- days of just chaos. This chaos, this chaos. And then March sneaks up and then it's like, oh my gosh, the first quarter is almost already over. So, uh, but no, man, I think it's, uh, I feel like a lot's happened in those 28 days of, of this past month. And um, I'm excited to dive into a couple of these topics today. Cause I think we're going to have a good, good conversation with the, with your listeners out there. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, you know, just like circling the wagons as a whole, right? Like, you know, Bitcoin NFTs came out, right? The idea we knew Dookie Dash um, was kind of wrapping up in the in the gaming space, right? And then the you know we're gonna talk a little bit about that because I think you know interestingly enough on like the you know we we talk about like onboarding and mass adoption and all these things, but when you when you think about talk, like, attracting the elite of, of certain like industries and spaces, like that's a really interesting trend. It actually it'll connect to our conversation with Starbucks as well, uh, which they had a, a most recent announcement, and I know. We talked about them a little bit last, or a lot, I guess, last episode, but you've been deeper in there. So I'm excited to kind of pick your brain there a little bit as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, I also want to talk about, you know, I know and we're going to talk about, you know, NFTs in a golf course, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, you know, we can talk a little bit even about fashion. I, I was excited to see some of the, uh, you know, the fashion news. Uh, also, shout out to, uh, you know, Violetta, a, a past guest of the show, uh, sold out her music NFT on, uh, yes, yeah, very, Violetta. Yeah, on OpenSea and, uh, and she did that during literally, you know, OpenSea dropped the bomb on everybody that morning and her collection was that night. Now, we could all argue as well, like communication needs to go always. And if like, if you're your marketplace or your brand decides to make like a an announcement that's going to put you front and center in every conversation in the industry, you might want to give those like partner projects and people like a heads up. Like, right. I don't know, that felt a little weird. But I, I mean, I, I twisted it and said Violetta, they just wanted all that traffic to go to the site to have your you know, panel up across the top. Is, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, but um, I'm curious, you know, Jordash, you were more crypto guy than I was pre yeah. uh, NFTs. Uh, and, you know, one could say Bitcoin was the safe place to hide your, your crypto. If you didn't want to know about NFTs, cause you're like, Hey, if it's in Bitcoin, I'm gonna have to convert it. Cause there's no NFTs in there. Yeah. Um, the idea of like storing within Bitcoin has always been there. Like I remember that conversation when I learned about Bitcoin but then this like whole ordinals protocol, the the kind of nonsense kind of spun a little bit crazy. Um, I think there was a little bit of confu- a lot of bit of confusion. Uh, all of a sudden, the Bitcoin maxis joined the ETH conversation, which anyone that brings maxis of, of any sort is really interesting. What was your take on the whole, you know, Bitcoin uh, coming into the fold? And when I mean, we have announcement with like, I mean, the biggest unicorn in the space 
coming out and saying they're going to drop. I mean, they're going to do like a micro drop, but micro. Yeah, what was your take on on Bitcoin NFTs and all, how that's all kind of spun in? You know, I I I love it to be honest with you, man. Because I, I I think it's it's it just shows how innovative this space can be, right? How somebody can come up with a protocol and he's like, yo. I came up with this. This seems like it's cool. I wonder what the what the uh, community or the um, the industry is going to think of this. And then two months later, it just blows up, right? And you you actually saw it in the price of Bitcoin, right? Like there was a. I yeah. feel like Bitcoin's kind of been in the back of the the room during the news cycles. These like for these last few months, right? Yeah, it's dropped ever since it dropped from the sixty k high, you know, till it's flowed in the six the twenties. And I think it was always in the news of like, oh, how low is it going to go? But like there was not, there was no positive or no excitement in that space, right? Yeah, no, no merge, no yeah. merge, no, no yeah, like nothing, right? Well, no, who was no building building on top of it, right? Like they do yeah. on Ethereum, right? That's just not what it's used for. So I think when when um when he came out with that order with this protocol, I think it just kind of injected excitement, and I think the those Bitcoin maxi people over there, they're like, holy crap, like we got something we can do with in this in this world now versus just you know mine and hold and all that good stuff, right? So. You know, for me, I just I like the innovation that's happening in the space. Um, I think that it's going to I think, you know, we came through this initial surge of, you know, this excitement and hyping, you know, these projects and and going over there. We're still like this is such an in the infancy stage. I don't know what direction it's going to go. But what's cool about that is just this one protocol not only change the game for these people or for these people for, for, the, for that side of the, the fence, the Bitcoin side of the fence. Um, it just think about all the different opportunities it created right now. Yep. Somebody needs to create the wallet that's actually can store these ordinals, right? Yep. Somebody needs to create a marketplace where you can sell and buy and, and, and store these things, right? Like, so like there's a lot of, there's a lot of opera. This is what's cool thing about innovation. It creates a whole bunch of ripple effect opportunities out of that. So I think, you know, I'm, you already know me, like any, any positive news in this space, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on or what coin you're on, what network you're on. It's good for the whole industry in some form or fashion. So, you know, I think it's, I, I got excited with it. And then, you know, obviously when Yuga comes in and says, yo, <laughs> we're going to drop this 300 piece collection for, was it called 12 fold or something like that? Yeah. Um, that's you know it, it it validates it a little bit right when you got the biggest player in the space that says oh my gosh like hey we're gonna take advantage of this hype um i'm just curious to see how those are gonna get allocated <laughs> that's that's the big question right yeah like how I mean, especially when work? you're that big of the unicorn and you're gonna come out with a micro collection like that and, right. and like you an said, like, aren't they doing an auction i think is yeah they're doing that? an auction yeah they're doing like a random but like even like how that's going to work i think it's still a little bit um right. anyway, like, you know and they're you know, there's like the test wallets and the test marketplaces that exist, of course, to prove protocol use. And like the minute that I heard about it, I, you know, I had actually funny enough had Spar Sparrow uh, had already been downloaded, but I, nice. I'm guessing that's during the mint 365 ridiculousness. I must've downloaded one of the 35 blockchains. You yeah. Apparently, apparently I was just like downloading <laughs> random, uh, Bitcoin, uh, NFT. Well, I thought I, when I, when I went to install it, I was like, how's that install file? Wait, it's already installed. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of nuance is there, but I agree on like the in a innovation side. I also think it's like, you know, it, it's like a, a splash and then kind of like a re-splash, right? And like right. for those that were, you know, we had like the splash of Bitcoin. Then we have like the splash of ProofCon almost at the exact same time being like, hey, we're going to cancel the conference. And I mean, my first thought was like, I know that that message, that that idea had to be, you know, overly scrutinized internally because the last thing that they wanted to do was come out like there there was all they knew was like light of fire you know 
like to cancel this big thing that not only had they hyped around, they had sold tickets, they had gated, they had, um, I mean, of all of the things, right. Even like the way during the oddities drop, right. So much right. of the oddities drop was about, you know, proof con and, and, you know, we will say like, you know, they're going to, they ha- they're having this announcement, um, you know, before, you know, after our recording of this on, um, you know, what's happening with, you know, they're gonna have an announcement. I mean, there was rumors of VCon partnership, which I think if they did that, that would be the smartest move they could ever make. But I don't know. I don't know how much Gary wants to allow that, but I mean, you know, I mean, Gary and Gary and Kevin go way the hell back. So, I mean, that, right. that's a, that's a possibility, but um, it's good to have friends. We'll yeah. But like then you know, the fallout also sucks because like I know four other, let's just say smaller marketplace NFT events that immediately within 24 hours decide they're going to close up shop. Now this is happening the same time that NFT Paris has freaking lines around the block. And I don't know. I mean, Jordash, you and I were messaging and like, we got NFT Paris on our roadmap for next year because then you looked amazing. The, the after hours, like the, I mean, I thought like from afar and like, you know, uh, shout out to GG from crypto tech women yes. sending me messages to make me have FOMO uh, <laughs> that side. But like, isn't that this is so funny with like, we get like some momentum and splash in a new Bitcoin world. We get proof con canceled. There's like people that like, residual fallout. I know like right. NFT Toronto, NFT Austin yep. and NFT or, uh, oh, and like, um, it wasn't, it was like, it was, I think it might've been like ETH experience or something like yeah. all three of them canceled within canceled. 24 or like, uh, shut their doors. Uh, but then of course, NFT pairs blew up. Like what's your take on like that? Like where we're at with this whole, I yeah. mean, I, I love momentum and I love buzz. Yeah. I can't believe we're so still, it still feels very like, um, like we're, we're too, I feel like we're too much of a piece of paper flying in the wind. Like whichever right, way the right. wind blows, we still, we, we still kind of roll with it a little bit too much. And it's a little frustrating, I think as a whole. A hundred percent. I think, well, I think, you know, this ties back to, I think your uh, in your last episode, your, your opening about, you know, mental health. So people that participate in the space, right? Like you can't, you can't get too caught up in this space from that because there are a lot of wild swings in this space and, you know, it can, it can, it can wreak havoc on your mental health if you get too, too caught up in that. But um, you know, I think me and you are both on this, on that side of, we know how powerful live events are, um, and how like amazing they are. Now you're hundred percent right. Like we, like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We will be in Paris next year because I, we, I like, this is, we need to go experience that. Right. And, you know, even when we were in London, right. And NFT London's like, yeah. it wasn't the biggest splashiest event. But gosh dang it, we had a blast. We, we met amazing blast. people. It was like, and so like, I don't, it doesn't need to be a whole, an eight fest, right? Like I don't need right. it to be this whole big extravagant thing. But like when you can bring amazing people together, there's so much positive energy and so much excitement that can, that can build momentum out of that. Collaborations happen, partnerships happen. All that stuff can happen in the, in that, in that, um you know, in that environment. And you can't replicate that online. You can't replicate right. that on spaces. You can't replicate that in a discord. So, you know, it was disheartening for me to see that I wasn't going to go to proof, um, proof con, but I know people that already bought tickets that were going to go. And I was excited just for that to happen. But when, when it, when it got announced that it was canceled, I was like, I think my first, my first response was, I was like, man, this is not good from a macro perspective because they have so much visibility in this space that like you said, for, for them to make that decision, they're like, it had to be pretty bad to make that yeah. decision. And, you know, on the, on the flip side though, as like an, as a business owner, I don't know their financials. I don't know their situation. I was like, 
that may have may have been something just to eat the cost on it. If you can't get sponsorships or whatever to like, yo, we got to put this on for the community. We got we have to do this for the industry just to make sure we may not do it as big, but like that's where you know I don't know I don't I I can't I can't judge them one way or the other um, because I don't I don't have all the information. But like that's it was disheartening to see that. But I think um, you know we still got VCons of the world. We still got the NFT NYCs of the world. We still got, you know, um, the ones in Miami. And yeah, so it's like, and Ape Fest is still, you know, going strong too, which is. Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 it's still, it's the live, like, there has to be live events. Right. And I, th- and I, I agree though. I think, I think there has to be a, um, cause we, we both go to live events, not in yeah. the non web three space, right? Like right. that's you're a, you're a full time keynote speaker. I speak on stages. I go to um, events, you know, from a networking or, or connecting standpoint. And I think there there hasn't been that shift of this is not just a party versus like there's actually some business done and value done at these events. And I think there has there's going to have to be some sort of hybrid because I feel like people in this web three space have like fully like trying to they swung the pendulum all the way that says, we don't want to be like a web two conference, which yeah. you know, right or wrong, it, it, it is what it is. But like, I don't feel like you can go that far. I still think there has to be some value there because like, you know, if proof cancels it because, you know, whatever sponsors or whatever the situation was, those sponsors have to get value out of this thing. Right. right. And, and the sponsors not just going to get value by slapping their name on something or whatever it is. So it's like, that's why there, I think the, the, the space, the, the live event space is still taking shape on what is that right mix for this Web3 space. But, you know, we I'm a big proponent of live live events because I just know yeah. how magical and how much how powerful they are to move the industry forward of what we need to do and getting the, the right people connected in the same room. You know, and, you know, and I'll also say like it's kind of it reminds me of like your South by Southwest. The first time I had ever went was 2008. Yep. And that was just a I mean, I, I, I had been to a lot of industry events and I was like, what? This is a music festival on steroids. I was like, yes. you know, and then they, and then, then like, I think the next time I went, they had like three days of the yep. interactive on the front end. And yep. then the next year it was like seven days of interactive on the yep. front end, right? Like they kind of figured that out. And I think you're right. I think that, and I even thought like, I kind of liked the way that, you know, it was like, you know, kind of VCon, NFTLA, um, proof consensus. A lot of them were lining up like kind of like a, a tour, but at the same yep. time when the market's so down, like who the hell is attending all of these, all right? Those. Like, and, you know, right. and we're going to see that with NFT and Y and C with, you know, ApeFest being disconnected from it. It'll be interesting how that kind of, uh, you know, kind of you know, falls down. But you know, in that same vein, live events, physical connections, uh, LinksDAO, right, it, uh, made some news. And I will say, like, I think episode, it's in the first week of the podcast. So episode, I mean, maybe six, episode okay. five. Um, I talked a lot about LinksDAO because there was like... Uh, during for those that don't remember November of 2021, which feels like ages ago, um, Years, the, yeah, there was there was like nine casino NFTs and nine golf course NFTs, and I remember like trying to like weed through it. I was like, this like how do you know what what is what? Like who can buy a casino? Who is making it a metaverse casino? Who is making a metaverse golf course? And so LinkStyle, you know, coming out with like you know, and I remember you know, I think LinkStyle, I'm pretty sure. Um, like in their first like month got pulled from open sea and then got put back on open sea. Yep. Like there's a little bit of like drama on like how the tokens were getting rolled out. Right. There's some of those things, but um, I mean, of all of the ones that like, when I hear people talk about like pizza Dow, there's a couple of Dow's where people like throw it out. as like, this one's still rocking and rolling, acting like a Dow, been a Dow links yep. Dow has been one that's always been kind of thrown out there. And, and now we're here, you know, they're making some play. They're making some moves. And you know, I'm, 
I will never claim that I'm a golfer, a legitimate golfer, but I'll get out there and hit the hit that little white ball every once in a while, right? I'll ruin so a like, good walk for four hours. Yes, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and it, what I love about that. Well, so so what's happening in the space? Obviously, if you guys if you guys aren't familiar, one number one, go back and make sure you go back and listen to that episode. Um, that fans will did on them, but you know they they raised I think a little over ten million dollars when they um, did yeah, their something like 10 drop. Million. Right, and and they were smart. They converted that to a stable coin, right? Like some projects we know that refused (laughs) to do that and that definitely caught them. Um, And so their whole purpose with this DAO initially was, hey, we want to buy a golf course. Like that was the initial thing. Now, you know, 14 months later, it's finally, it looks like it's going to potentially happen, right? And, you know, obviously there's, I was going through their Discord the other day and just looking at some of the messages and, you know, of course you can't make everybody happy because people are like, oh, you say you're going to buy the golf course in the U.S. And I'm like, yo, like y'all see what opportunity they have. So just to, if you're listening to this, um, if you're not familiar with the game of golf, it was actually formed and started in this country called Scotland. Yeah, you're going to the um, home of golf. <laughs> the, the home of golf. And they had the opportunity. It had it's not closed yet. They've they the the Dow voted on it. I think it got approved by 88% approval. And um it had the biggest turnout ever um on the vote, which was awesome to see particip- participation in that. And they have the opportunity to put a bid on a golf course called the Spay Bay Lynx course, which is mm-hmm. one of 246 uh, Lynx course still in existence in the, in the world, which is pretty dope, right? So you think about it, it's like they're buying a piece of golf history in a sense, right? Yeah. Or they're trying to buy a piece of golf history in the home of golf, one of the rare Lynx courses in the world. And what's cool about that is with the – if you're part of this DAO – you have the first right to buy a membership to that, right? Which is yep. going to be pretty dope to if, if if you're an avid golfer, right? And you already know if and that's the golf space is very, um, it's a very loyal space, right? Like if you're in the golf space and you're a hardcore golfer, an avid golfer, like you want to take advantage of some of these opportunities to play on some of these courses and and say that you're part of a DAO that owns a golf course. It's 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 the Web three country club legitimately that they're building at this point so you know it's it's gonna be exciting to see i i just saw a message right before we started recording in their in their um discord that says that they um some of the bids on the course have been told that they were not going to be moving forward with that but links dallas was given a positive note that they are still moving forward in the bid so they should hopefully find out here sooner rather than later if that bid gets accepted which I think it's going to be once again. It's a positive for the space when you can say, "Yo, we got a, a DAO that bought a golf course." People are going to be like, "Yo, what's a DAO?" And that's what we want, right? We want to, we want that exposure to this space. And I think, and and we, you know, one, one, I want to hear your thoughts on that. But I want to talk talk about a little bit more of just how Link's DAO set up. And I think they they're doing some cool things over there outside of just buying golf courses. Yeah, and I, and I'll tell you, like, I mean, I think part of the the thing I remember doing the research originally. Um, was you know the idea around you know if you're gonna buy a golf course or buy a casino or whatever it may be that like it's a long term play like that stuff does not happen overnight right in this right. market like how does a utility how do you maintain um, you know exactly. audience engagement and I will say uh, you know Linksdale put out this tweet which I thought was just a, a, like it probably it's overlooked it wasn't popular as it should be but you know their first vote was in January of 2022 right so they minted a right in that fall before which is why i knew it was like right around that first of the episode and they they had 977 votes on their initial vote January of 2022 and which i mean hey that's, that's impressive right right this vote 953 unique votes so they wow. retained 97% i mean i when i saw that i was like 
you, you know, I think that's a testament to getting the right people in, yep. right? Managing some of the expectations. Yes, there are going to be people, some griping, some like, hey, I, I want it, you know, like, uh, but I think there's also just a, a bigger play in the Dow where like there's ownership and your ability to vote based on like, you know, the tokenomics side of it, and, you know, the tokens that you have, but also like there's kind of like a passive role. Right. And I think yes. we, I, I feel like this comes up a lot more recently in the podcast, but it wasn't like, you know, if we probably look back at season one. I don't think we talked about, you know, passive and active, active NFT holders and like making sure to satisfy both of them. We didn't probably didn't talk about it enough, right? which is probably right. a sign that is why the industry overlooked it. But like, I can probably guarantee you that a lot of people that were linked out holders were either people deep in NFTs that knew they were just going to be here or people that were like, I love this idea. I'll check back in two years and see what the hell they're doing. Or I'll just sign up for the vote mechanism so that I can, I know when I have a chance to vote. And I think right. there's a testament to that, right? Cause like, it doesn't mean that you have to be doing things all time, nonstop all day long. Right. Like, right. Um, and it also means, you know, in some cases, you know, there's a couple other ones like the Landau and um, there's like two others. I'm thinking like I, I hold their NFTs, like they're in a wallet that I don't ever really look at. But like right. for me, that's like one, like if they end up somehow executing on like the, I think, I think Landau was like a $4 million, $4.5 million raise, um, okay. then I'll be good. But like I, I haven't been in their Discord. I don't even know if I follow them on Twitter. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. But um, like you said, good for the space. Uh, I also just think the idea of, of like a group of passionate humans for golf, owning a golf course. Right. Like think about all the other things that like we are all passionate about that like none of us really own something of, right? Like we, you can really change the dynamic. And like, I mean, the, in the weirdest part, like live golf is disrupting, disrupting the PGA tour, which was right. stuck in their ways. How do you also disrupt like legacy? Like you come in with fresh ideas and, and fresh takeovers and this could be, an, it's definitely interesting. I, I hope they get it. I think the, you know, 10.4 mil, that they raised, you know, back in that day. And the fact that they have that many people still active, 900, yep. what, 953 votes. I mean, kudos to them. hundred percent. And when, and I know they actually raised even more money, I think outside of that, just in, just in, you know, on the private side of things, just with some of the things that they're doing, but kudos. And, and I'll tell you right now, what's what I think if you're a NFT project holder or a creator and, or if you're part of one, like just like looking at what they've done in that last year, a little over a year, 13, 14 months, right? Like they've done a lot during that time. I think they had 24, 26 web two partnerships in the golf space. Like talk about collaboration, which they, they, they brought those benefits back to their holders, right? So like they're adding utility by not just their, their ultimate goal is to buy a golf course. They could have right. sat back and said, we're going to wait until the time is right. And we're, and then you just, you're, you're holding, but they're like, no, we want to like, they're creating truly a membership that they're going to be a part of. And what's cool about this though, what I really love is you already know my philosophy on NFTs, right? You make me money, you save me money, or you give me experiences that I, that I don't have before. Right. Yep. And I was just looking like in 2023, they're, they think they have two, four, six different events coming up where they're calling once in a lifetime golf outings, right? Where they're going to top 75 golf courses in the U S that you're going to be able to go play golf on, right? If you're an avid golfer and you're going to get to go play at some of these golf clubs that you've never would have had an opportunity to play at, like that's huge value. That's an experience you're never going to forget, right? It's kind of like festival pass that you're, you know, we've yeah. talked about before, like creating these experiences for people that they never had the opportunity to, 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 to take advantage of. This is what I believe the value in these in these NFTs can come into play without actually just having to, you know, 
be purely speculative or a PFP project, like unlock experiences for people that they never had before. That's going to build loyalty. So like, that's what I want to commend these guys on. If like they, they went outside the space and build amazing partnerships because they understood what their, what their audience wants. If you're golfers, you want, you know, the brand you want, you go to top golf, you go to, you play with Callaway golf clubs, whatever it may be like, Go figure out how you can go do a collaboration. They those brands get access to this Web three space without having any risk. They get recognition in the space, and then it's a win win all the way around. And then, like I said, these these amazing experiences. This, you know, it's this is like it's such it's such a like looking back, it's like oh my gosh, this is such a no brainer. And I like I said, I think if they can if they can achieve their ultimate goal of buying this golf course. And I know for a fact, like I was looking in their announcements, they're not done with this. Once they're done, if they get this one, they're not done. They are looking to buy some golf courses here in the U.S. as well. So it's like it's going to be a cool use case. And I think case study for how to run effective NFT slash DAO projects in a, in, a, in a very effective way. And I think it's I think golf is a, a good um, industry to to focus on. I think you can find other industries similar to golf where there's passionate people in there that people are going to be able to take advantage of and, and use some of this technology that they had access to. I mean, I have um, like seven poker uh, NFTs uh, that have Dow and have big, I, I would love some, uh, I, I don't, we don't need to buy a, a casino. I think putting on hosting a, a poker tournament at the level I, of like a legit poker tournament would be pretty cool. What would be, what would be an industry or space? Like, you know, it's funny. Like one of the first ones that came to my mind while I actually think about which one yeah. <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but I was like, how cool would it be to own a bunch of roller skating rinks that are kind of went out of business and like, okay. like let's just raise a doubt and let's go buy a bunch of roller skating rinks, turn them into like entertaining centers that like allow kids to be there, but also kind of connect the millennial. Like, I mean, I was like, that would be like, I mean, you know, like from a, you know, not only from a, a business, I mean, your, your dog's a fan of roller skating rinks. So I, I I'm, guess they are. I'm okay with that. Um, but like, I, that was one that jumped to my mind just in like a weird, cause like, there's a lot of things that like, you know, quote unquote, are dying, um, you know, that, that we would prefer not to die. Like, not like golf courses are dying, but I think the roller skating rink would be one um, where I thought would be really, it's like a cool, is there one that jumps out of your mind? Like, was there something that you'd be like, man, it'd be cool if we raise funds to buy something or what an industry? Yes. I, so two, one, I'm going to jump on a trend. Pickleball. Definitely. Ah. I want to definitely pickleball. I think that think there would be to own a pickleball team, to own a court, to own. And there's, there's also, um, I can't remember the name. There's there's one here um, in a city close to where I'm at, um, similar to Top Golf. So it's like a Top Golf setup, mm. but pickleball. Um, so I think that's just looking at trend wise. I think that that would be a good um, one to play in which you could obviously do pickleball slash tennis um, is one. Um, I this is such a random one. I love to paintball. Like I used to love oh, going paintballing. That, dude, that, that came in my head immediately. And, and I'm there, like, there's a, literally like, my, the the course that I played my very first paintball ever on is four miles from my house. It's called Pev, uh, Pez paintball here in, in Virginia. And I, I tell you what, this thing, like, Oh my God, that would be amazing. Like, that- How awesome would that be? Right. Like, <laughs> dude. So I, cause I, it's funny. Like we'll go like, when we're traveling or whatever, like I'll see some crazy structure here, like in Texas, I'll see like these oil refineries, whatever. I'm like, that'd be such a fun place to go do paintball wars at that spot. Like, it, I don't know why it's just a weird thing for me, but I think those would be my two that I would, I would love to explore outside of, you know, Still waiting for my Kansas City Chiefs to start the Chief style so I can actually go have some chief experiences, you know. But we'll just throw that one. Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's interesting too. On um, you know, if you think about like the Dow and like the reasons and like motivations, right? Because like you know, part of it is like you have to know how to run these things. We know like right. business side, 
But I also think there's even like a, an ability to like, you know, how do you reset the market? Like all you gotta do is create momentum and hype around one or a couple of things. Right. And all of a sudden it, it like pops things back up. I mean, yep. pickleball, for example, like, I mean, holy hell, it went from like, I was, I thought someone was like making fun of another game when they first ever brought it up. And then like within like six months, it was like all over my TikTok feed. And then all people in my Facebook were talking about like what things they were buying. Like, and I was like, what the hell? I I didn't like, hadn't even seen a court. And so like, you know, and I grew up, um, one of my good friends started, uh, he was the co-founder of a wiffle ball league and that wiffle ball league took off in the United States. Like, I remember, I remember like I would just follow him on Facebook. I'm like, you're every, like, you're, what are you doing? Is like, yeah, we're standing up these wiffle ball leagues all over. And, and I would argue like probably COVID, um, you know, was the downfall that side, but yeah. there could be some interesting ones. I'd be curious listeners that are you, if you have uh, ones that popped to top of mind or, or ones that you're like, man, I, we, there should be a Dow to take this over. I think that would be, yeah. Paintball. We definitely have that one. Paintball yeah. would be, uh, it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, that'd we, be fun. We, we need to start the, the, uh, the Fanzo, the, the Fanzo's Paintball League. Yeah, or how is Pickleball not had NFTs? I know Gary V was talking about something with like, I think the Pandas are going to do a Pickleball with him at uh, VCon. So if I you own that. Yeah. Series One or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it's kind of surprising that they don't have a um, a Pickleball NFT yet. And if anyone starts it, you know, we don't need a uh, stake and just credit it back to us saying it here. Yeah, or, you know, we'll maybe, just take a little a little credits in the in the end screen. But yeah, you or know, just you know some airdrops in there, and that's all. Uh, of course, we'll <laughs> disclose, right? That's how that's how this works. But it's um, funny, like you see how many uh, how many athletes are invested in those in that Pickleball league, right? There's so many. Like, it's it's yeah. Just Tom Brady crazy. owns a team. Like I mean, it's across the board, right? I, right. Um, I think Shannon Sharp just I, I heard recently was yep. one of the ones that got in on, on one of the pickleball teams as well. Like, yeah, I mean yep. I, I and I think the Kelsey brothers, Kelsey brothers were talking about like what they were gonna do on the off season uh, at the end of their podcast. And like one of the things was he was like, I'm gonna decide if this pickleball is worth it, and then I'll decide <laughs> if I want to own a team. And I was like, oh man, I was like, and by the way, like shout out to New Heights and that shout out to New Heights, one oh. of the best podcasts out there outside of this oh, one. I just I just ordered some merch. From New Orleans, I was like, it was like, it was like podcasters supporting podcasts. Like, I mean, I mean, it's Philly and Kansas City. It's not like they're, right. my, but those two brothers, just like, Dude. and like the fact that like it was long overdue, and we know how like life gets, and like you get disconnected. But yeah, uh, for those that don't know, two brothers that you know the brother Super Bowl that existed, the Kelsey brothers, whose mom was all over everything Super Bowl. Shout out right. to a mom getting love. It was cool right. too. They had they had a podcast that started this year, uh, and it was kind of like an idea that they that someone threw at them about. Uh, you know, the, the concept and, you know, a shout out to Barstool Sports because they started kind of the, the momentum around yep. uh, these, you know, uh, let's just say more relaxed sports shows, which <laughs> turned into, you know, I believe the number one sports show in the world, Pat McAfee show, which is yes. I'm beyond addicted. Like, I, I wish... I wish I didn't have like a job that like required me to do all these other because I would just watch three hours of Pat McAfee every. Hey, Pat, if you're listening, and you need to come. You need to come talk to fans, man. Oh my god, oh, he, he that would be. I tell you what, the, between you know Ashton Kutcher's, uh, you know, uh, or not Ashton Kutcher. Jeez, I went wrong way. Uh, Dax Shepard. I, I was thinking punked, and I went back. <laughs> Dax, Dax Shepard, armchair expert. You know, group chat news. We had group chat on the, this podcast, right? So if I had three, and you know, we could get Pat McAfee on there, right? We have a, we'll kind of play that role. But um, you know, I also love that, like, you know, Pat McAfee was recently sharing. You know, I think he did seventy some episodes, the first seventy some episodes, without a sponsor, without like a producer, and like kind of like ad hoc as all hell, right? So like anyone that's out there, like you, you know, everybody uses the Gary V Wine Library TV, right? Which is still right. a valid uh, example, but. 
Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of those out there. Uh, and you know what's funny? On that same note, someone actually brought something up to me um, you know, as a creator and said, why isn't there really like a DAO style around a podcast or around a video show where you could actually raise funds and have like the narrative of the show, the guests, all of that kind of be voted on and people growing on it and then like shared revenue. And I was like, that hmm. actually seems, you know, hmm. we had the coin here, right? We've seen a lot of the projects, um, you know, with, uh, you know, pretty much all the morning shows, Nifty, Nifty yep. Portal, Rug Radio, uh, DJ Network, they all dropped uh, NFTs, but it would be interesting on like, yeah, just something to throw out there as well, right? Because I think we can learn from the Link style kind of Model. initiation, right? And like their whole setup. Um, but yeah, it might be, it's an interesting just kind of thought to throw out there. No, and I, and I think that ties in, obviously, you know, with with Spotify coming out there with the token gating of of music right now, but yep. their pod, podcast is right around the corner, right? Like there's there's no doubt that you're going to be able to have a private podcast that you don't, you have to have a specific token to access. Um, and let's just face it, YouTube announced a CEO that is NFT Web3 friendly. We also podcast, shout out to the, we were one of the uh, early ones approved for our YouTube channel, um, which it's because of our podcast that they approved our YouTube channel, let's be very clear. Um, uh, and so our YouTube, our YouTube now is listed, uh, if you search in the pod, so if you go to music, YouTube music app, you can actually search and find our podcast in there. Uh, which it. is super cool, like exposure. And right. I, as soon as I saw the Spotify thing and I heard this YouTube CEO announcement, I was like, don't you worry. Like, you're going to be able to buy Mr. Beast's NFT and you're going to get like the uncut version of yep. that subscription access that you can own, that you're going to be also probably go to the website and get his chocolate, you know, and like, I mean, we're yep. going to see that model. Um, and, you know, like, yes, I know decentralized maxis are going to be like, no, YouTube's controlling it. No, Spotify's controlling it. Uh, we, we, need gotta, that. we gotta pump the brakes and recognizing um decentralized for everything is uh didn't work, won't work, hasn't going to work, not going to work, right? We have to not only change mindset, change approaches, but there are lots of things that are still gonna need to be centralized. Yep. Um and I mean think about how long it took us to go from MP3 players to Napster to streaming music. I mean, it took I mean decades. 20 yeah, 25 years of I mean, like I mean, I was in college my freshman year when Napster rolled out, right? Bro, so like Napster Casa, you know, bro. Oh yeah, come on Lime now. Wire, when oh, yeah. burners came around, come on now. I, I was selling Winamp skins out of my dorm room. Oh yeah. <laughs> $17, you would get 25 songs, which you know, at the time you get 12 songs if you bought a CD, and right. you got a custom Winamp skin. I even made the case and printed out like the the songs, like it, it, it was legit like that was my business. Uh, this is why we, I know we're kindred spirits because I may or may not have this. I can never neither confirm nor deny that I had a DVD rental business in my dorm room where I was supposedly nice. there were DVDs being burnt with cases and the covers were printed and all the stuff. It was a legit movie store from what I've heard. I can neither confirm yeah. nor deny that. But yeah, I, 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 rumors has it, right? Like that's the, rumor that's has the, it. That's uh, the I, I believe, I believe we're well past the statute of limitations, but uh, just to be very, <laughs> just to be very careful, cover our bases there. Right. Um, you know, funny enough, um, you know, in the idea of the flip of this, of like discovering new things with AI art, of course, being the one that yeah. I've discovered recently. And um, just yep. while we're recording this, I got like two messages, uh, two uh, text messages and I'm like, what the hell is everybody like popping off? Like, I'm not, there's not that much going on. Apparently, Binance, um, you know, CZ tweeted out and said, 
Uh, here's a fun new Binance AI product called Bicasio, where you can turn your creative visions into NFTs with AI inside of the Binance uh, chain. They already have the website up. It's already in beta and they're limited to 10,000 mints. And so you can pretty much make a generative art collection inside of the Binance network. And it was just tweeted out like while we're recording this from oh CZ, uh, I've done zero research on it. Um, I I just think, I mean, the fact that everyone was messaging me it, uh, it, it literally it says, it says the, the article was written at 3.45 p.m. EST and it, we are recording this at 5 p.m. So that, you don't get much more... <laughs> Uh, breaking news on that, that, but, uh, that, who knows? I mean, who, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's funny. I mean, I guess it, maybe it distracts from like the, the attention that the SEC have all the you know, regulations. Right. That, look over here. Look at the shiny new toy. Don't look over here. <laughs> and only him would like, only they would now announce it and call it by Casio. Like, Bicasio. yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, uh, but that's an, that was an interesting curveball that I, we didn't plan on, uh, on bringing up here in the conversation. <laughs> um, you know, and we, we can't, you know, the biggest, you know, focus conversation around uh, OpenSea and Blur has been, you know, everything, right? And, uh, you know, it's just been really interesting on like wash trading and and all the things that are, you know, kind of are happening um, in that, you know, neck of the woods. We also know, like, I mean, for the most part, uh, there's two two main you know board ape holders that are 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 literally running rampant. One of them might have been a guest on the podcast in season one. Um, and I'm a big fan of him because he's just like, he will break shit, find a loophole of all things. Uh, and it's just a dude that's like, I'm here to make money. And I'm here to, if you, you tell me these are 13 rules, I'm going to find 12.5 where there's a loophole and I'm going to stick my uh, my 77,000 board apes in there. Um, but you know, the other thing that's interesting is uh, I saw some Dune analytics reports and things that come out recently yep. around as much as like there is this idea of like creator royalties and where things are going, there are still the mass majority of people that are even using blur are still opting in to play to pay their creator royalties. So right. interesting, like on just like, you know, what we grab onto versus like what is real data. Um, you know, there's right. a lot. And, and, and I think maybe that's also a caveat, like be very careful. I mean, we haven't, like, you and I haven't talked about this. This is actually, this would be a fun little conversation to have. We talk about like the biases within NFT projects and the biases in within NFT Twitter spaces, right? Like that, I think we're all pretty aware of that where, you know, you can smell if someone's shilling something. I just want to put this out there. The news media that covers this space, be very aware of like who is influencing them, what they're talking about. There, there's, there's two Instagram accounts that are massive in the, in this space that their coverage of NFT Paris was, in my opinion, appalling, um, disappointing, because everywhere else I saw had this like positive, you know, light, you know, yes, there was the D gods dancing party that we don't even have to address, but for the most part, they were actually like sharing the truth. Right. And there was this two accounts, but one of them mainly that just was, and I was like, what? And then I realized that they have an event that their two co-founders are hugely involved in that's in paris in the fall yep. and i was like oh my like i immediately was like you gotta be so be very careful like i think it's across the board including podcasters like i mean right. we just be very hyper aware of like we often don't know what we don't know right. and there are definitely biases and things that are gonna be put in there it's hard to weed through some of this sh i mean like 
even pre-show when you and I, 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 I literally was researching Link style yeah. and there was four articles written within the last 24 hours and two of them painted a different story than the other two. Right. <laughs> and like, and like, probably it's because like two of them want the industry to succeed. Two of them are pissed off that they're not involved yep. in the Link style and they yep. want to be like, it's like, that is like something that's like, uh, it's even more agitating because we know that's what the, the big media is already going to pick up on and they already love any little weakness, any little like, you know, thing that they can pick apart. Um, and, and the fact that like, we just have to, we have to keep our guard up with like where we're getting our news and, and just kind of taking things like in that step as well. Well, a hundred percent. And I think it's obviously in the, in the world that we live in right now, it's so important to understand that everybody, wherever you're gathering information from more often than not it, there, there's, everybody has a motivation or an alternative, not alternative mode. They have a motive behind it of what they're, they're what they're trying to, um, convince or communicate to you. Right. So there's always an angle in a sense. Right. And I don't want to make, like, I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat. Right. I, I believe, you know, most people have a good in their heart when, when they're communicating news, but you know, there's a you watch oh, the Murdoch documentary on, right. Right. right unless you, you know, book. right. Then that's a whole nother thing, but there's a, um, you know, from the, in the business world, there's a book called, uh, written by Ryan holiday called trust me. I'm lying. Yep, um, and one. if you haven't read that book yet, like it's, it's, it's enlightening to, to see how, how that world works and what, what happens. And we already know, like you, there's, there's so much psychology studies done. It was like, what gets people to take action? It's fear or anger. Those are the two most emotion. Those are the two biggest emotions that get people to actually, to, to motivate people to do something right. Or to be stuck in something, which is basically the same thing, right. To stay here and consume stuff. And so a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things that's out there, media how do they I, this i always I always say this i say this at least four times a week follow the money how is this business making money right when you understand how they're making money you understand oh it's it's through ads or it's through what basically the attention or eyeballs how do i get you to come back well i'm going to basically stoke your emotions to come back and consume more right and so it's like you always got to be careful with where what that motivation is or just be aware of it i'm not gonna say be careful be aware of it mm-hmm. so when you're taking in information understand that okay that's why they're probably thinking it this way. And this other side's probably saying it this way, which is fine. Just you need to be aware where you don't get too caught up in that. So you can kind of read it and consume it in a less biased fashion to understand that, okay, I'm just consu- I'm just taking in information to draw my own conclusion, right? And so that's 100% because- mass on the mass media side, we are not a, we're not, we are not a friendly group to these people, right? Because it's too easy to tell a story of, Fear, failure, whatever, with you know the the Ethereum's down, Bitcoin's down sixty percent or fifty percent or whatever it may be. Those are stories that are going to sell and attend and, and grab eyeballs versus you know success stories. So you know I a hundred percent agree. You have to be careful with you know how how much you consume. And I always encourage people to consume both sides, consume all yeah. sides, consume all, and then draw your own conclusions based off what you feel and what you know, and you can go from there. But yeah, it's um, you know I'm I'm. I typically look at things from a more positive standpoint. I tend to just for my own mental health and my own side of things where I'm like, I'm cheering. And we talked about this on their podcast. Like we got to cheer on anybody, any success in this space, you have to cheer on. I'm just, it's, it's, it's living from that view of abundance versus scarcity, right. Or, or lack. And I just, that's, just, that's a choice of how you decide to, you know, live your life or um, consume information. But you know, yeah, I, I was watching the, 
the Christie's auction with the Finnens uh, two days ago, or whatever. Yeah. And I, my stomach was in knots, and I was like, "Why am I so stressed?" Because I wanted the, I wanted the auction to keep going. And I, I like this weird feeling of like, "What the hell? Why do I care so much about this?" Uh, you know, and and Tyler Hobbs, I, I believe, was the one that ended up, uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of the whole conversation around. But like, I just love seeing like that those things succeed, right? In, in right in IRL and in, in 2.0. Um, you know, and I know you know, like that also kind of ties into what we were talking about with Dookie Dash. And, you know, for those that aren't familiar, you know, like the one of the, he might be the, the number one gamer, if not, you know, one of the most popular gamers on a couple different, uh, you know, uh, systems, a couple different, you know, worlds uh, ended up being kind of getting that, you know, initial key, uh, which also validates the space and the industry. Um, and, and then he, he might've sold it for uh, a couple dollars, right? There's uh, yeah, a few, few dollars. I few, mean, I mean, how, I mean, how cool is that? From 1.6 mil, I believe, is what it sold for. Yeah, at that, at, at, it was a thousand ETH, so 1.6 mil with unknown utility and unknown use case. Like, uh, I mean, Yuga is doing what Yuga does, right? They're very good at like keeping things a little bit unknown. But yeah, I mean, yeah. they the fact they sold it for you know, and you know, that's a that's a testament to uh, you know the game. You know, when people were asking like why people are spending all that time, you know, you know, playing the game, why people, I mean, look at, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you are if you're a gamer or someone that kind of focuses on that and you can double down on and have a chance to win 1.6 million, what other jobs like I mean Right. And if, and if that's how a game was something you were good at, like I would have taken off work. I would have put in, you know, like I mean, cuz that upside is I mean, that there's nothing to shake a fist about that and it's definitely going to it's definitely going to wave a flag to the gamers on like hey, maybe this NFT space isn't all as bad as kind of what it was painted to at the beginning. A hundred percent. And I think until two things, number one, like, please tell me uh, a gaming event where you have a chance to win 1.6 mil by yourself. Yeah. Right. And and obviously he didn't know he was going to win that. I think he listed at three and a half mil or something like that when he ended up winning or whatever. And he, you know, whatever, dude, you, you, you took a hundred, you took a thousand ETH in um, from playing the game. Right. And obviously I know taking nothing away from his skills because dude's unbelievable at gaming. And obviously, obviously that took hours and hours and hours to, to build that skill up. But I think what that's going to do though, I think it, it's, it proved both sides, right? Number one, from a gaming gamers perspective, it's like, yo, we can, we can actually make money in this space probably a little bit more in certain situations than we could actually ever do. Cause most of gaming events are team events. I feel like from the esports side of things yep. and most of my money comes from sponsorships, right? It's that kind of model where, you 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 win a tournament great but you're going to be you have sponsors that kind of pay the way as well the other side though too though is from a from a, a yuga side of things it's like yeah no one may no one's probably going to be able to to replicate yuga's success with this but if you could start creating these little mini games dude, this is like a mobile app game right like yeah. you know how many developers out there could develop a game very similar to this in a in a in a relatively short amount of time to create a competition to generate buzz and generate get people into your space or oh, yeah. into your project like so i think that model i, I love what they did cuz i think now i <laughs> i would argue the content could have been <laughs> different <laughs> yes. but you yes, know we could we'll, we we'll all argue that but like, I, I, but I, what they did is, I think that model is 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 smart, and I think, like I said, I, we were talking about this pre-show. We need uh, in our space, we need that friendly bridge to the gaming space because they are so closely related to the value that this space can provide that we just got to figure out how to communicate that value and, and build that trust with them to get to have them start crossing that bridge into our world. Because if we can tap into that space. 
good spacious we can have a a good influx of people coming into space and you know what's you know what those guys are used to doing spending money on digital collectibles whether they know it or not <laughs> so there that's that's, sure. that's where and 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 you have two you have your daughters right that are playing the roblox yep. and, and fortnite and i have my little cousins doing and i'm like this this is the generation that our kids generation they're they are already in, in, integrated into that space. So we got to tap into that gaming space to bring them into our space as well. And so I loved that they, that this guy won it and he was such a big name that's going to get recognitions and he sold it for what he did. Like, congratulations to all parties involved because that dude, Adam, who bought it, who knows? I guarantee Yuga is going to make sure he's taken care of, though. No doubt about that, right? Because yeah, and, and what? And here's the here's the thing that I loved about this as well. They did it on chain, and he paid the royalties. He did pay the royalties. I saw that. That was a uh, right. That, that that's, was, a, that's a good tip to the hat, right? Like it's like, yo, like kudos to you for doing that, right? Like you didn't have to do that. So although I I, I, did, I, did, I, see, I, I did I did see someone on their council reply something back uh, to the fact, uh, I think the tweet was deleted, deleted afterwards, um, but something to the fact of, but it might be the only time that this would have to happen on a non-Yuga marketplace. And I was like, oh, oh, someone tipping alpha there? And then all of a sudden the tweet disappeared, uh, which I thought, you know, is an interesting piece. And speaking of gaming, uh, you actually were the first one that kind of threw this on my radar. Uh, MetaMask, uh, who, you know, you know, is the king of wallets in this space. And I mean, I'll take it or leave it with all the things they have going on. They launched a big SDK, uh, yes. you know, their uh, you know, collaboration uh, access with, uh, what is it? it was Unity. Unity, Unity assets or Unity gaming. Yeah. Which is a huge gaming thing. What was, what was your, I mean, like we said, we're celebrating, you know, we like to talk about positive things and things that are going, I mean, MetaMask making it easier for gaming, connectivity gaming integration gaming onboarding gaming asset yes. buying selling marketplaces uh that's impressive i didn't see that one coming on my on my uh you know prediction with that i i'm the same way i didn't see this collaboration happening but oh my goodness when i saw that i, I think i put in the chat this is some exciting news right and i wasn't yep. joking because like you have the king of the mountain the king of the and you know what right or wrong metamask is what, what they are right like they are the 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 go-to ethereum wallet hot wallet software wallet right now right ledger and, and, and metamask are the, the two or metamask is obviously or excuse me ledger is obviously hardware but um when i see this partnership with unity i was like yo because if you think about this like once one exactly what i just said a bridge into this gaming space now we've made we're removing barriers for creators, developers, game developers, et cetera, to start being able to integrate this stuff into their game easily, right? That's all an STK is, right? It's going to be able to provide them the resources and the tools to offer that wallet connection very easily. And from a, you know, and this goes with, you know, with Yuga coming out with other side and, you know, all these, all these metaverse worlds that are going to be, that are being created right now, the ability where you're going to be able to start bringing in your NFT characters, or bringing utility from a project into a game, you know who's already proved that model out? Fortnite. Yep. You know who's already proved that model out? Call of Duty, right? Like all these games have already proved the model that like, yo, people will spend money on digital collectibles in there. And now if you can integrate and make it easy to remove the barrier of integrating the Web3 or the blockchain technology or the wallet technology, you removed friction 
to make this technology adopted. And once again, we know for a fact, I was reading a couple articles around this. This was about a week or so ago around like um, some of the words that are, are that are have a negative connotation in the branding space in this and how we have to get away from this. We've talked about this is what Starbucks does amazing and some other companies have done amazing of like get away from these um supercharged words. Once we get away from that and we actually, and the technology is not, we don't even know we're using that technology. Yep. That's when we're going to, and this, this is the first step to gamers being able to use blockchain and web three technology without the person playing the game, actually knowing they're using that stuff. And that's yep. a path for us to get adoption in this space, in this gaming space, because I, I'm a huge believer that this is going to be one of the, one of the industries that's going to help us catapult to that next level of in this web three industry. Um, so when I saw this, it was like, I was like, cool, step one, let's get this bad boy going. And you, you couldn't ask for a better collaboration partnership in the, from, from a web three side of thing between unity and MetaMask. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to watch this come to fruition. Yeah. And, and for those listening, you know, SDK software development kits, right? So, and the beauty of it, like the big argument from gamer, gamer developers, especially where for them to build on chain was almost a complete rebuild, right? It's like anyone that launches a game on Apple iOS, the reason that Android one takes forever again is because you have to redo the entire app on that ecosystem. And that's kind of how the, yep. the gaming NFT world, even Solana and some of the things that we had saw, um, even I know, uh, you know, there was a conversation around Tezos, but like that onboarding of wallet creation, wallet integration into the game, even like the hybrid, I mean, that's a, that's a roadblock and this is going to be yeah. a step to fix it. And you mentioned, you know, like, let's also just, you know, we mentioned Starbucks and we'll kind of wrap this episode kind of on that conversation around, you know, Starbucks. Cause like really Starbucks using nifty gateway and polygon yes. for their, for theirs was really their version of like an SDK for a wallet, right? Because, uh, you know, yeah. at, there really wasn't a way to, to onboard people easily from the Starbucks ecosystem, but Nifty Gateway allows that very easily, right? So they partnered with Nifty right. Gateway. Um, and so like, this is like that version for for gamers, right? And like the developers right. to build on-chain into wallet. Uh, and Starbucks has been, I mean, we've heard it on the podcast. Uh, you know, we've had a couple uh, you know episodes and I know, you know, Jordan, you got to listen to, uh, you know, the interview I did with, with Joseph. We also got to listen yes. to some of the, the things going on in their Discord. They had a couple of announcements. So I thought it'd be, be good to kind of circle back on, you know, you and I love like the brand marketing onboarding. That is like our, our bread and butter. You've now had your, you know, all in on the, the Starbucks since our last conversation where, you know, I was talking about it and you were like, I'm in, but I'm not in yet. Uh, yeah, right. what's been your thoughts? Man, I've been in for almost three and a half weeks now. For almost coming up on four weeks now, and oh my goodness, they did not disappoint. Like when you were talking about that onboarding experience, right, and going going into the into the virtual world of to their uh, coffee farm in Costa Rica and being able to learn. Like, dude, I put it like this, and I'm just gonna call myself out. Yo, I'm not a coffee drinker. I didn't even know the coffee bean was a fruit. I didn't know it was a fruit first. Like, I, I didn't I didn't realize that. I, I was like, I didn't really know that. Let's be fair. I also right. didn't really know that I'm a coffee drinker. And like, my dad is like obsessed with a co I don't think I even knew that either. So like, I right. remember being like, Oh, right. I was like, Oh, and it's, it's like red and yellowish orange. And I'm like, yo, like this looks, this is interesting. Like it looks like a, like a cherry to me or something like that. So like, so I say all that because it did that whole onboarding experience did a job. It's job. It brought me somebody who had no clue or a little bit of knowledge in the space. And it took me on a journey. And now I know more about coffee and what Starbucks does and how they create and what their brand values are and all the stuff that they want to communicate to me. I was able to experience that in a fun, engaging way. I wasn't just reading this on a blog, on a website. 
I wasn't just having a little pop-up come up when I signed up or an email in my inbox. They brought me in the journey and, and got me connected with some of the people on their, their team members. They call them partners, um, you know, in, in, in the in the space at the and I'm talking specifically around their uh, coffee farm in Costa Rica right now. But then like so one number one, like kudos to you guys on the brandy. I know and, and the onboarding experience. And I'm I'm telling you this and it listened to what Joseph was talking about as well on your previous episode. Like these guys are setting the standard. Like every loyalty web two brand that, that wants to play in this space, it's like, okay, that is the blueprint and that is the standard that now they are going to be going after. They are the yugas of the world when it comes to loyalty programs. I'm just going to throw that out there right now because they they have killed it in the execution. And what the other thing you said though is them their partnership with Nifty Gateway, genius. They would not have had the success if they didn't have that right there. Because and and I and you know who's proved that. Reddit, Reddit, that real quick, right? That you just need to have ability to remove all barriers from anybody having to have knowledge around buying crypto, storing crypto, et cetera, and make it easy for, stop trying to change consumers' behaviors up front of how to purchase and buy things, right? And so with, when, with, with Nifty Gateway's partnership, they killed that. So, you know, I've been, I haven't been to Starbucks in a while. I used to work out of coffee shops pre-COVID, et cetera, quite a bit, just because, you know, instead of working from home in the office, so I'd go to coffee shops. I stopped for a while. I've been going back a lot more. Why? Because I'm playing this game now, right? Like I'm, I'm legitimately going there. It's there's a Starbucks. I was telling you before. There's a Starbucks between yeah. my house and my son's school. So I drop my son off at of school, and I have a new routine now. So I stop at Starbucks, grab my tea, and I'm there for two to three hours, and I get some of the best work done on my day because I'm just like it's a, it's a good zone for me to go focus in. So that is that's allowed me to participate. And now I know more about their, their brand and I'm earning rewards. I'm earning these stamps. I'm playing this gamified thing while that's into my, you know, day-to-day or every other day routine now, which, which has also helped me in my business. So like it's done its job for me. Like I'm, I know I'm, I'm probably a, a different beast when it comes to this. Cause I'm like, I'm a nerd with this. NFT. I took, my wife came to Starbucks to me today and I was like, Oh yeah, they got this new program, NFT blockchain. She's like, I'm just want to, chai tea latte. And I'm like, don't worry about that. We're going to collect these stamps and we're going to have fun. Right. So I'm not trying to sell her on that and educate her on that. Cause she's, she's, she rolls her eyes at me half the time when I'm talking about this. But <laughs> what I'm saying is their ability to execute has been amazing. And like th- their journeys and what we're, we're going to, I'm going to talk about some, some of their updates here in a second, but like overall, I've bought more different random drinks at Starbucks <laughs> than I would typically have bought because I'm just playing the game and, and trying to gamify this stuff a little bit more. So kudos to Starbucks on this. And if you haven't gotten on their wait list yet, get on their wait list and just experience what they're doing with this space. Whether you're a coffee drinker or not, I think it's a great opportunity. But they've had some exciting updates that we can jump into. But how's your uh, you're you're coming up on nine, 10 weeks in the program. And so how's your yeah. uh, your journey so far? Well, you know, if I if I could track uh, what it means to do something consistently in a week, uh, you know, I, I I talk about how like how hard it was for me to do a podcast every day. Uh, all I do is buy a coffee once a week for five weeks, uh, and for somehow I got my week. I got like I was like, oh, I already bought one this week. I'll go to Starbucks on Monday, and I went on Monday and it like reset. To, I hadn't gone five weeks. And I was like, oh, what? And so I missed a week, so I had to restart. So yesterday, actually, uh, after the recording with uh, Joseph. Uh, I actually went to Starbucks and got my fourth stamp. So I have all of the, all of the current, um, you know, missions or uh, things complete. I think I have like eight, eight days until uh, they're kind of like their next rollout of uh, yeah. you know, and things with uh, March 9th. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, 
I love that it like, you know, it changes a little bit of habits. You know, I, I, when I was, you know, explaining to my daughters that like I need to bring in a, uh, a cup and to not use, you know, to reuse a cup, my daughter's like, I didn't know they did that. I was like, I didn't know they did that either, Me but neither. Uh, you know, I got 10 cents off and I'm, I'm helping the environment. Like, uh, that, you know, that was a use case. And I will say like, that is part of this whole narrative is like, changing your be like changing behaviors exposing us to products and services right it's not just like a a vanity or a nice to have and you know i did like during that joe interview like part of it like i was thinking about afterwards you know that the their most reward mechanisms right now are, are very much one to one like yep. i get something for what i purchase transactional yep. but yep. if it's a many to many relationship where we're we're all celebrating. Like I, as soon as I got my fourth one, I posted it in the group chat, right? And then yes. you know, like, and actually, I got a message from uh, Coach B, who I mentioned on the other interview. Yeah. And he's like, "Fans, I just bought a bag of coffee. I got my my stamp." And like, you know, like there is something about that. I know we're all drinking the, I would say drinking the Kool Aid, but we're all drinking the drinking coffee. The coffee. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're playing that. Um, but I, you know, I also think like you know, doing exclusive interviews in the Discord, and and I know I had a Twitter space that was going on during um, last yeah. night's one, but you were able to jump in there and. I mean, there is something really cool about a vibrant community around a common kind of passion. And even if the passion is hybrid, right? The passion is like coffee lovers that also love utility of NFTs, right? Like right. you don't have to love coffee to be in the Starbucks Odyssey, uh, but you have to, you know, you can kind of play on both those fences. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I, I was excited to hear when you were debriefing me on what went down in the, uh, the Discord yeah. that I missed. Uh, yeah, they have some good things coming down the pipe. Yeah, man. I it, after last night, you know, it it got me more excited with this program because obviously it's still in beta. Like we got to remember that. Like they're they're still rolling this thing out. They're still figuring this out. So um, Ryan Butts, B U T Z, he's the VP of loyalty over at Starbucks, and he jumped on a Discord uh, chat last night with with the community, and it was so awesome to hear him speak around you know what their plan is for the Odyssey program, which is what Starbucks is calling this program. And, you know, some of the uh, details around their, uh, their premium stamp drop coming here on March 9th um, here in a few days. So, you know, just to share some highlights from this that I kind of took away from this was, you know, well, before I go, before I go down that path, one thing you mentioned fans that I just want to highlight is most, most loyalty programs right now are that, transactional. You only get things when you buy something, right? You only get things when you spend money on something, which obviously that's the whole kind of point of a loyalty program. But you know, as an entrepreneur, I know as an entrepreneur that brand loyalty is beyond just what I buy. It's when you, when I believe in the values and I understand, and we align on those things, or it's when I understand and I'm bought into your mission. We've talked about this on podcasts previously, like Nike, like, yo, we've been wearing Nikes for decades, right? And I, like, I, like, that's, that's something that I have an identity. There's an identity with that thing, right? From when I played yep. basketball and all this other stuff. So loyalty happens more than just spending money, right? And then that's what this program is doing. What the Odyssey program is, 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 is doing for us. It's, it's getting us to buy into what Starbucks stands for. It gets us to understand yep. how the product is made, right? Like that's why when you understand it, you have more appreciation for it, right? And so it's like, there's this, all this stuff that's happening. And like you said, the discount on the, on the bringing in your own cup, I didn't know it existed. And I was like, yo, what? Okay. I felt so weird that first time I was like, I, think, I'm like here? I, was, I was like, I was like, I promise this is like what they told me I was supposed to do, but it felt so weird. Yo, she straight up asked me, she's like, how big is this cup? And I was like, 
I don't know. She looks on the bottom. She's like, oh, it's 20 ounces. I was like, oh, it's 20 ounces, right? Like, so like, so just once again, changing those behaviors and educating me on their brand, their values, what they stand for, their product, education, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's bringing me more involved into their brand itself. Right. So like last night when they were talking about like, we have these journeys and you, you were just kind of uh, talking about that, right? You completed all four of your journeys that you had access to and you got those stamps. It's kind of like that reward after the fact. Um, And, these journeys, which is cool, is like there's that there's like the evergreen ones, which is when everybody gets access to. Then there's the paid ones, which are going to be this premium stamp that they're going to be dropping here pretty soon. Their first one's going to be yep. dropping here on, like I said, on March 9th. And then they have these seasonal journeys, right? And that's the one that you have access to that some of us that that came into the program after us didn't get access to. And so, like understanding like what that does from a business standpoint. You have so many different ways to get people engaged all throughout the whole year to get people excited and participating and gamifying the stuff that you're not going to get from just purchasing something, yep. right? And that's the cool thing about that is what they have at their disposal. I think that's what, you know, listen to what Joe was talking about. I think what, listen, what Ryan was talking about, like they have so much opportunity to add experiences that no one's ever been able to have just by going into the store. And that was the whole goal of them, of Ryan was talking about of what he wanted to do, why they wanted to go down this path is they want to create more experiences for the consumer outside of just going into the store. And so what two things, two couple points I want to highlight that that he was talking about last night before we kind of dive in a little bit deeper is their goal right now is to get five to 10% of their total loyalty program participate in this at some point in time. That is their internal goal or their goal that they're shooting for, which if you have 27 million people in their, or I think he said they're up to 30 million right now and they're starting their normal loyalty program. Yep. That's still 1.5 to, to 3 million people participating in this, in this loyalty program that's built on the blockchain, right? And participating in NFTs, right? Like talk about onboarding. And that's what like one thing we always got to remember one of the value props of NFTs for your audience or for your customers is to reward your most loyal customers. Is to yep. give your most loyal customers experiences that the average customers probably doesn't care much about. So, like that's a huge thing to be able to realize. It's like even Starbucks's level, they're not shooting for. 50%, 20%, 30% of people because they know it's not going to happen in, at right now. The other thing that was I, that I, that was eye opening for me was when he was talking about how they have support from the top down. Like he had a meeting with Howard Schultz and he was like, they were talking about this new premium drop to their uh, the stamp and he was clapping. He was like, yes, let's do it. Like he's excited when the CEO like that's excited for a company. Like Ooh. that's when you know like once again, follow the money. They're not investing the amount of resources they have in this technology if they didn't see the value two, three, five, ten years down the line. They're yep. building foundation for it right now. So, like that was like from a high level overview of just of the program that got me so excited for once again, not just for Starbucks, but for this space because you know how many freaking Fortune five hundred and big companies with big loyalty programs are watching. What is happening with Starbucks? And like I've said, we said earlier, we want everybody participating in this space to win because when they win, everybody wins because we are still in this early phase of this. So if Starbucks can knock this out the park like they are, we're going to, I promise you, in 2023, you're going to see some bigger brands coming in with the loyalty programs on this, on or in this space purely because of the success that Starbucks is having right now. And I can't, like, dude, like, this drop that's going to happen, bro. Yep. 
exciting. Because here's the thing, and we, this is the cool thing about this. We found out the price last night. Yep. We found out how much it's going to cost. And if you're not in the NFT world, it might sound, sound like, whoa, you're dropping how much? If you're in the NFT world, you're like, wow, why is that so cheap? <laughs> right. We, we, we do have like, it's, it's kind of like a poker player. Like I always say like poker players like, oh yeah, I, I, I three bet, uh, you know, pre-flop for $280. And everyone's like, 200 what well, i bring 280 dollars to the casino all the time i'm like oh wait sorry i i have to put this back like, in context right like which is like right. the nft world right like, we have that right same- right so so they're they're premium stamp and we once again we don't know exactly how what the the benefits of this stuff is going to happen and all this other stuff yet but it's it's going to be the first edition like this is going to be the 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 this is numero uno it's a hundred dollars so they're going to drop it and you can't buy it with crypto you can only buy it with your credit card or debit card which is amazing right? Remove that whole barrier. Once again, shout out to Nifty Gateway for making this happen to be able to do something like this to allow people to buy this. Now there's every member can buy two. So you can buy up to two first come first serve. But what's cool about this stamp is it's, it's built off the siren, right? If you don't know what that means by siren, it's the mermaid, right? Mm -hmm. So Starbucks is, I think they said they're on their fifth iteration of their mermaid logo, right? In their logo. This what they did, I can't remember how many artists he said they had working on it, but they basically have six different layers of um, of this of this art that they're coming, or six different pieces in a sense that make up this art on the stamp. And they did, I think there was tens of thousands of combinations. They end up choosing two thousand. They they curated two thousand of the combinations, and that's what they're selling: two thousand pieces or, or stamps, which are quote unquote NFTs. And they're gonna they're gonna come with some of these these Odyssey points. We won't go down that that rabbit hole right, right now, but like being able to purchase anything of first, this is gonna be like this is legitimately the first big loyalty program in the space, let alone the first premium stamp for a program like that. Like I think they're gonna go pretty damn quick yeah. at two hundred bucks or hundred bucks a pop, right? Um, so that's- especially because they have like that supply and demand tension of it's still in beta alpha, but some people that were like early, early had the first stamp. Right. So there's like, they've done a good job on that side of this as well. Well, and it's proof, right? That holiday stamp, that one that you have that I'm not going to be able to get that first holiday stamp. It's I saw another one that sold for $1,400 today. Yeah. I had an offer, you know, whatever it was two weeks ago for 2,100 bucks, right. For, for that. So and that's that you got that for how much, how much that stamp cost you to get nothing, nothing. Right. So like just having, but that's the first holiday stamp. There's value just built into that. Right. Shout out to Drew for the nostalgia side. He's going to give me a hard time on that. Right. But, but it's true with that. Right. And so like, that's, I'm so excited for them to have success with this first premium drop. Right. And he, and Ryan alluded to, this is the first of many, like there's, and they're going to unlock different experiences. But what's cool about this is outside of just the stamps that we're collecting, you're still earning points. Now here's something that that was that was eye-opening for me. Two things really. The first is those points put you in a level, in a tier level, right? Yep. And then every quarter, whenever they're gonna come out with these rewards for those tiers, there's gonna be three rewards in each of those tiers that you can choose from that to participate in. And he right. get, and what was cool is Ryan gave us some examples last night. One right. of my favorite ones was you can actually win a in-person event at one of their roasteries, which I didn't even know there was a such thing as a roastery. <laughs> In Chicago, New York, Seattle for like these tastings and things like that. Once again, 
experiences that you can have if you have a certain amount of points and you can participate in this. So when you buy one of these stamps, you get a good amount of these points. These when you buy that premium stamps, you get a good amount of these points to leave it. Now here's here's what's cool about this. That's different than most loyalty programs, though. When you use that reward for that for 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 uh, when you have those points and you use that reward. You don't lose the like you're not cashing those points in. Right. You keep the points. You keep you stay at that tier. It's the, NF- it's the NFT level, right? It's like the difference right. between you earn you earn your air miles that when you use them, you lose them, right? Like, right. or if you don't use them, you lose them, right? Like right. Which, <laughs> that's which every other reward. Me, right. So, like that's once again seeing them like seamlessly integrate the 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 value of this technology that they're using without saying the name of the technology, which is what we love to do in this space, is like I I'm, I get so giddy, and then like I said, with what how Ryan, like you can just hear his excitement in the voice in his voice of how he's explaining this, and he's only been he's been in this role for I think two years. He came from Alaska Airlines yeah. and running their loyalty program, so it's like there are very like these people have run massive loyalty programs, and when they're this excited about this technology and what it's going to open up to build that loyalty to a whole nother level. Like we should all be so excited hearing about that. And once again, having that success at this level is just going to bring more eyeballs and more people to be aware of what the value of this technology in the space that we live in. So um, it was super exciting to hear Ryan talk last night. Um, and, and one of the things you mentioned before as well is that community and that Starbucks discord, it's just, it's this like this hybrid between like these people that love this web three side of things and these people that just love coffee. Right. And yep. it's just like that finding that balance of having, you know, we won't call them the the gens of the world, but the people that are just the the maxis in this space and, and to, to play nice with the people that are like, I have no idea what this is. I just I just love Starbucks and I just want to get my rewards. Like it's cool to see them blend together. And it's one, it was one of the funnest um chats to read during a live Discord call that I've ever experienced last night and watching people drop their gifts and their jokes around Ryan. Yeah. It's it was cool. You know, and I think you know. Also, just to be clear, um, Jordash, did Starbucks or Form 3 or the, they pay you to promote this? Absolutely on your, not. Uh, Absolutely. I, I, be, I, I spend money. I'm spending yeah, my own money. Yeah. And I, and I say that because like we've, we're talking about Starbucks a lot in the, these last like, couple of weeks. But like part of it is like there hasn't been enough use cases that A, are doing it right. Right. Uh, you know, if you listen to the first six months of the podcast, I talked about Playboy Rabbitars pretty damn often because I right. really loved their onboarding, loved their execution. I just heard, I saw an announcement yesterday. See the metaverse? Uh, from, yeah, metaverse play that I think they're going to have. Uh, I still hold mine. I, you know, I, I'm the epitome of every diamond hand, right? If I, if I talk about an NFT in the podcast more, 99.9%, I still hold still that hold NFT, it. which sometimes is a good thing. Sometimes, well, you don't follow my wallet. Um, <laughs> but I, I will also say like, you know, part of like the drinking the Kool-Aid, right? And the Starbucks excitement is that this is replicatable, yes. but the nuanced elements of like, you know, one of the things we were talking about, like, you know, the right people. Well, for those that don't know, like they're, uh, Joseph said on the, on the podcast, you know, they had that massive wait list and it was three times bigger than they ever, ever expected. But here's the funny thing. Your invite timed out after three days. I think that was genius because there are people that are like, oh, I signed up for that because I'm a DGen. I don't have the time to go through this onboarding and go through this process. Well, guess what? Those are also the people you don't want in during beta. Exactly. They can sign back up. You can get them back in the back of the waiting list. But like you almost like you're almost weeding people. I actually, I, when I opened it up the very first day, I didn't, I didn't say this before, but like the very first time I opened up Starbucks Odyssey, my first thought was, yep, they're weeding out the people that were like, oh, I just need to get in here and pass through this because 
Some of them are time-based. There's some quizzes you have to go through and watch some content. Uh, and then there's like five weeks of showing up at Starbucks, right? Which apparently, because I can't figure out what Monday through Friday or Monday through, I always screw up again, Monday through Sunday and not restarting the week. Um, right. You know, it took me nine weeks to get the five-week reward. Um, but <laughs> like those things are also important for community growth, right? Because yes, you you almost you almost kind of um, allow your product, your, your, you know, your demo, your ideal customer, right. Which we know, you know, so you almost let them define and weed out like you, they like self-assign, right. Like in a weirdest of ways, yep. they like, they like self opt in, uh, you know, like, I mean, I will tell you, like when I saw that the discord event last night had 784, like uh, RSVPs. And I was like, for a discord that has just a couple thousand people in it, very, you know, very, uh, you know, curated. I was like, wow, like that is impressive. I mean, it's why I messaged right. you about yeah, it. Cause right. I was like, I'm running a Twitter space at the same time. I, you know, I'm not able to, can't pull that through, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is just, a, I think it's a, we'll continue to kind of share on this journey. If someone's listening, I would love, you know, if there's other projects that you're a part of that you feel right. have this like same type of experience and they really methodical, like, let us know, like we, we don't know what we don't know. I mean, we're pretty damn dialed in and we have a pretty great team of people that are, are, are brought in. I'm also, you know, participating, uh, you know, in some other, you know, chats and conversations with Alpha Mondays and DJ Network and a couple other things that are out there. But, um, like, the beauty of this is, like, like it, 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 it's the epitome of what we want to see in this space. Yep. And, and hopefully, like, this space is really good with copy pasta, right? Yep. Let's copy pasta Starbucks and stop yep. copy pasting Dookie Dash Keys coming out of monkey's butt. <laughs> like, that, that, that's the soundbite of, of the episode, in my opinion. A hundred percent, man. And I think, I think you hit the freaking nail on the head. Like we're just looking for use cases that are executing at a high level because whether it's like we talked about earlier, Link style, <laughs> they are executing at a, at a, at a, at an effective level. Starbucks effect, are executing at an effective level. Like we just want, because once you have proof out there that things like this work, then people are like, Oh, if they can do it, we can do it. Right. Oh, well, what do we learn from that? So it's like, please share with us anybody that's doing something great from a, how they're leveraging this technology and a user. And that's like, I'm, I'm waiting for the gaming, the, the gaming space. Yep. Who's going to be the leader in this for the first big use case in this space. Right. So it's like, we have no loyalty to these, to these, to these um, companies that we're talking about right now, but they're just, they're the ones that are leading the, leading the way on executing this technology in a very seamless way. That's, moving this whole industry forward. And that's what we want to talk about. And that's what we want to highlight so we can be educated on it at the same time, hopefully inspire some people that are building and creating right now to figure out what can we take from that to make our project better or to make our experience better. And we can argue, I think we've talked about this before, user experience is not a priority in this space right now because we have a whole bunch of developers leading this space, which is fine. That's how a lot of saw. I mean, you look at some of the early software, which yep. is fine in the tech space, but like at some point you have to realize like that is a huge component for adoption. And so we have to really, that's why there's roles in this tech space of user experience and user interface. Like that is a, a very well-paid role in this space because, or in that space, because it is so important to get people to, be comfortable using your tools. And so when, when somebody does it right, you best believe we're going to highlight that where you best believe we're going to dive into that until we find somebody doing it even better. Yep. 
I love it. And, you know, you know, and shout out, even coming out of NFT Paris, there was some really big fashion news uh, that had come out with some like, you know, some, uh, you know, connections to physical products. There was also some news of some really cool metaverse fashion shows that are bridging AR VR, which you and I talked about a couple of episodes ago that you and I had. Um, so yeah, there's some really cool, exciting things. Um, that's kind of why Jordash and I are doing this uh, you know, kind of episode, hopefully kind of trying to do it every other week or so. I'm going to bring in some news, bring in some, uh, you know, pace, but also like I, I said it on that episode uh, with Joseph, like that's the episode where you should download, you should save the link. And when so you're not, you know, when you're someone's confused about this space, like these are the examples that give people the aha, give people the, Oh, it's more than, you know, the thing. And we're going to see that, you know, the gaming examples, the links out examples. We're also going to see that like in like VCon uh, and V friends with like, the IP that's rolling out. The fact I walked right. through Macy's uh, and I said, like the toys are us inside of Macy's. And I was like, Hey girls, that's that NFT that daddy has shows you. And the girls like ran over and were playing with the plushies. And I'm like, that's wild. Right. Like, I mean, I, to think about that from a, and you know, when Gary said, you know, he's focused on IP that is Disney, like Disney level of what Mickey mouse was like, I don't know Mickey mouse two years in, if it was like brand affinity connection, you were there when it started. Uh, but you know, that's kind of how we're feeling. So Jordan, this is a lot of fun. Always enjoy jamming out with you, my friend. Um, yes, anything else we want to throw in there before we, uh, we send people on the way? No, man, I'm looking forward to the next one, man. I'm sure we'll have some, some fun stuff to talk about, man. This, but this was a, this was a good one, man. We love the conversation. Yeah. As always, always enjoy, uh, you know, and I, and I will just say, I'll, I'll wrap on the sen- sense of like, you know, there's some great listeners of the podcast, great community members. Uh, I know a lot of discords are very, um, inactive right now across the nft space and i and i do know this space can get a little lonely right so you're like i will say like you know partially like my selfish reason of saying hey i want you to jump out and follow the you know the podcast account and share out the podcast but i also want like listeners to be able to connect with each other because this space is a whole lot better when you're in things together with people right and and if you are in a couple projects try to make maybe a little extra effort to be active in that project's discord and connect with others that are in there. Because I have heard through some, you know, some different messages and I'm not going to, I'm not going to call anybody out, Katie, um, that, uh, (laughs) that, you know, like it it can feel like if you step away or you're not like drinking the Kool-Aid of web three, that it's kind of hard to keep up or hard to maintain, but kind of find some people, right. Share all the podcasts. Love to have uh, listeners connect with listeners. I mean, so many of you have been on this journey, uh, since episode one, which is, you know, eons ago these days. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening as always. Um, you know, Starbucks isn't a sponsor, but uh, Starbucks will continue to be a theme and a, a, a kind of pilot light because they're doing it right. Uh, and I feel like at this point we went from uh, not really caring about coffee to now caring about coffee, debating, you know, coffee beans being fruit. <laughs> Who the hell knows what will be, what will be learned on this Starbucks uh, odyssey journey uh, over the next couple of months. So Uh, Until next time, everybody, make it a great day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 